Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Susanna Constantine, and this is my wardrobe malfunction, where each week I talk to a special guest about their relationship with clothes. The good, the bad, ugly, and sometimes outrageous. This is officially the start of season three, and these episodes were recorded in lockdown over Zoom. So apologies for the dodgy sound. Bear with us as I promise we get much better as we go along. You can also find them as video versions on our website at mywardmal.com. If you are coming to us new, we'd love to hear from you for our pyjama party, the section where you unburden yourself of your own clothing calamities, and I provide a sympathetic ear. Email us at help at mywardmail.com and please subscribe, give us a five-star review and follow us on the usual socials at mywardmail. Right, on to episode one or nine, depending on how you're looking at it, recorded in May 2020. It's with journalist, presenter, former engineer and retired Irish dancer, Steph McGovern. Why is it everyone I talk to can dance except me? So, let's grab the handles, open my wardrobe doors, and find out what's inside. So, here she is. Steph, how are you? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. I mean, everything feels surreal but it does for all of us doesn't it and I think there's pros and cons with all of this and so I'm lucky that I'm with my family and with the baby and I'm seeing her a lot more than I thought I would to be honest and so that's really lovely and I've got her into a routine which I never had in my own life never mind thought I'd be capable of creating in hers so yeah when you've you've just had a child a baby to have and especially for someone like you who is working all the time, constantly, um, to now have this gift of when she's little and growing up, you must feel really grateful for that. Yeah, totally. And I think as well, like all my friends and family, to be fair, were really sceptical about whether I'd be able to adapt to having a baby because I am someone who's always running around. And, you know, they, I'm sure you, you had this when you had your kids. You, they, they're like, you know that you, you kind of have to calm down a bit, Steph, and you need to... You know, you need to be there for them and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I know, I know. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. And then actually the reality of it and being forced to lock down with a baby, it, I kind of thought this actually is exactly what I needed to stop me working. Because, you know, on my maternity leave, I did start creeping into work again because yeah. I kept thinking, oh, I don't want to miss out on this big story. Or And actually being forced to be at home is the best thing for yeah of us so that's been that's been lovely I I so he because when I had my um my first uh baby Joe um I went back to to work three weeks after having wow oh my god and I I I kind of would pump before I went pump breast milk and because of that two things 
I missed out basically on the first two years of his life, which I, it's one of the only things I regret in my life. And as a result, I got postnatal depression, which I had for about eight years without realizing, you know, I thought that was just normal and that's how you felt. So um, then I did things very differently when I had Esme. Um, So yeah, this is really good for you to, I would imagine just to, to flip because you know you are a bit essentially let's be honest a bit of a workaholic yeah and that transition is so difficult for a woman to go from that to a mother so yeah you've timed it beautifully I know because that that's what my partner said as well it's just like I think she was really worried about how I'd be on maternity leave because I am a workaholic and so and and there was a point before lockdown where I was kind of itching to be part of the story because it was just at the beginning obviously of everything kicking off and and I was kind of thinking I'm missing out I'm I'm missing out here which is really ridiculous because you've you know you've got a baby and you Mm. you you just feel guilty about everything don't you you feel guilty about thinking about work and then you feel guilty about um being so obsessed with your baby that you're not thinking about work you just you, you, you kind of get yourself into like these places of just guilt that you don't really don't deserve and yeah I think being then forced to to be here the whole time has made me realize how much I get from having a baby as well because she's just brought like a real sense of grounding to to my life you know I'm not letting the trivial things affect me as much and we've had a fair few dramas over the last few weeks as I'm sure a lot of families have but seeing her and just seeing her thrive and her little laughs or whatever then you just go everything's all right everything's all right I just wind your neck in stop panicking Mm -hmm. about trivial tv things or whatever Mm -hmm. it is we are good and my little baby's okay and therefore that's the most important thing so it is a real leveler isn't it yes that I think that surprised me more yeah than anything else it's going to be interesting to see how you go back after this whether you're gonna once you you know you get your toe back into the workplace again yeah whether it's going to ignite your obsessive workaholicness which I identify with too you know and I'm wondering it is going to be different or you're just going to ping straight back I know well because we did because because of the lockdown I ended up doing the show I was meant to do in Leeds in my house and so for six weeks we had um, a film crew outside in the garden and in the garage um, nobody in my house for safety reasons just loads of cameras mm. and as I described it at the time it was like being on Big Brother uh, but with one contestant you know just having these cameras there all the time and and but then also it being the home of my partner and my baby so literally we were tag teaming in a way I've never experienced because my partner works full-time we were literally between us I would do a rehearsal then I'd get the baby play with the baby for 10 minutes when my partner did some work then then go live and and it was ridiculous and but but and that was a sense of actually you know when I go back to work I've got to think about my priorities a bit more about how I'm gonna balance it properly so that you know because I've chosen to have a child so therefore mm-hmm. you know they can't just be an accessory can they they've got to be <laughs> you've got to no, like, put the graft in it's separating the two isn't it so it's that yeah. thing of not I mean that sounds like total hell 
the show you were doing from home. Yeah, I mean, I but it was there. brilliant as well. Really? Like, well, I because because I didn't disappear for the day. I, I was at home and it was dead stressful, but it was yeah. I, like I could see my, even in the commercial breaks on the show, I would nip out and have a little hug with the baby and then run back in and I, and sometimes it'd stick on my shoulders, to be honest. But <laughs> it felt like just, oh my God, how lucky am I that I'm getting to yeah. see my baby and I'm working and, you know, get, earning an income, but I'm not having to leave for the day and only just have the bath time or whatever. And yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah, to be honest, it, when it, when we decided to stop it, that, that it was yeah. a, a relief as well. For just to go back to normal because keeping the house tidy was you know every night I'd be like pushing toys underneath <laughs> I so identify with, I've, like literally this hat you know here this little bit that you can see is the only tidy part of the house and even that isn't very tidy and the rest is just you just gotta let go really yeah. keep it clean at least and then let go forget everything else but Steph um Going on to wardrobe. Yeah. So you're known for a fabulously distinctive and colourful style. And I love the fact uh, you've said that. And I, I love it. Colour is, you know, colour is everything. And I, you know, I have so much respect for you that you, you go for it with your colour. And I was wondering, is this, has it always been like that? Has it always been the case? Or? Probably not, to be honest. I, I was probably fairly bland in terms of colours when you know I'm pretty beige when I was younger mm. I think it's because going on telly you know this as you know there's so many rules aren't there about things you can and can't wear and the key thing is if you're wearing something dark and what might you know the dark colours on telly it might look great in real life but on telly mm. it just does make you look miserable or it makes you look too serious or it makes you look like you're about to announce something awful but I so then I started and I didn't have a clue what to wear on telly I was just I hadn't got a clue well you know the first time I ever went on telly nobody helped me there was no like everyone thought that we have a big wardrobe on breakfast and we don't we just have a guess every day what we should wear and we get it wrong road um yeah. so I like just bought this dress from Topshop which because I was only like 28 and I just bought this dress that I thought was like a, a nice dress but and it was bright blue and I thought oh that's a bit punchy for me um and the colour looked ace but it was too short the sleeves were wrong I look you know and and I wore like a pair of massive heels and I wore what I'd wear on a night out with my mates basically yeah. And it was totally wrong. You know, it was it's breakfast telly. But I was just looking at all the other <laughs> like people thinking everyone's wearing telly dresses and and then I kind of found um a make of dress that really suited my figure because I am, you know, bigger sure. than most of the Yeah, I'm tall, but yeah. I'm also I'm not like a I'm not skinny. I, I you know, pretty normal and so but on telly it can make you look really big and so I, I was really struggling to find things where I didn't look pregnant on telly to be honest so you've got quite big boobs yeah yeah so and it yeah. yeah and I've got I'm someone who carries my weight on my belly you know I have got Me a pot too. belly so yeah. I um so in the end to cut a long story short I found this range of dresses which were like really bright colorful gorgeous colors and they had like like rouging and 
creases and everything around the belly to make it not look <laughs> as bad. And they, you know. So everyone, no one would know it was flesh. It was just fabric. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I mean, still. But so then, and then I just, once I got comfortable with my kind of self on telly and, and then went more back to how I would dress. I started wearing shirts and then I thought, well, I'm going to stick with colour and I love pattern. You know, I really love pattern shirts. I love jumpers. I love like bold statements on jumpers or prints or whatever. So that's kind of, you know, it's gone from, oh, TV dresses, everyone looks like this and very kind of American US yeah, style to actually no I'm much more comfortable especially being out and about you can't rock up at a factory in like a telly dress because you just alienate everyone and b look like a muppet so um so then I just started doing more like jeans and shirts and and then that's kind of been my thing and that's the and that's what I wear in real life as well so It feels, although real life shirts are not as bright as telly yeah. shirts, I think. <laughs> but it's good, it's, it's great because you've really got a distinctive style now, which I also think is, I think it's important and not enough TV presenters. You know, you have like people doing country, whatever it's called, country file stuff like that. That's different, but on morning TV and chat, chat shows like that, um, magazine shows, they all look the fucking same, I'm sorry, but they do. And it is those bland block colours, um, tight fitting, so they don't... Yeah. And then we get you, and it's just like, oh, thank God. You know, someone <laughs> who is not afraid to step out of the telly box and yeah. um, sartorially, and someone who's having fun with clothes and is not afraid to be herself. Yeah, well, that was actually my best life lesson was realizing my biggest strength on telly is being myself and it it takes a while to get to that point though doesn't it because mm. you, you especially you know at the BBC you, to me it's I've grown up with thinking the BBC is quite posh and mm. um you know I've got to be I've got to be a BBC reporter and speak very clearly you know and and actually the the best lesson I ever had was from my ed, previous editor and who very tragically died of cancer after appointing me like a year or two after and she was just like you've got to be yourself before you're a, a reporter that's why I'm employing you I want your northernness I want you the way you want to dress I want you to just be yourself and I mean to begin with she was a bit like while everyone gets used to your voice let's just make you look like all the other presenters but then just start going into your own mold once people get used to you yeah that funny that I, I needed to look like the others in order to sound different um yeah. I think it's also that that is interesting and I think it's it's like you you've to in order to be your and look yourself you've gotta have the confidence to do that because it is quite exposing and it's like you're putting yourself on the line more whereas you know in dressing a way that maybe you weren't used to unless you were going for a night on the town it was Maybe it was sort of kind of yeah. way. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, actually, because I think, you know, obviously you get loads of um, comments about your appearance as a woman on telly. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're getting all these harsh messages, if you're thinking, oh, well, that's not what I look like in real life anyway, I'm, you know, you can, I suppose you can compartmentalise it, can't yes. you? And I've probably been guilty of that, of going. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, I, they don't know me. That's not what I look like in real life. And 
and um yeah and then once you get the confidence to go actually I'm better when I'm myself and I'm better when I dress my, dress the way I normally dress and mm. it's more relatable then because we aren't all the same and and it's kind of you give other women permission to be themselves as well and I think that's so important and I think as women who are on television we all have a responsibility to do that yeah yeah, easier said than done, though, isn't it? Because yeah. it's funny, it's really, I, I keep smiling to myself hearing you say all this because obviously I grew up with watching you and Trini, and yeah, and you know, that was all about giving normal people a, a feeling of empowerment. And you can, you know, like I was always glued to it, thinking how they, they, look at the confidence these people are getting from, yeah. from just a change of clothes because we do. We, we you do need help with it occasionally and I know okay in the grand scheme of life and everything's going on what you wear is trivial but it kind of isn't as well and that's why we have things like the lipstick effect you know with the economy mm-hmm. so when the economy is doing badly often the sales of lipsticks will go up because oh, really yeah so that that's like a treat to ourselves because we might not be able to afford a holiday or afford all those big key things ticket things we but we can we still want to treat ourselves, so we do that by maybe buying a slightly posher lippy than we normally would or a new mascara or something mm-hmm. because it makes us feel better about things mm-hmm. and that's so important for our heads. Of course it is. It's so important and that's, that's always what's interested me about clothes. It's not so much at all about what's in fashion or what's stylish or what's this. It's the effect that looking looking yourself in the mirror and thinking, you know what, I look, I look pretty good. That's all. It doesn't matter what you're wearing, even if it's a fucking bin liner and you look in the mirror and go, <laughs> oh my God, I look pretty good. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. But yeah. Um, do you think there's a, a particularly strong kind of um, northern pride in dressing up to go out? I mean, I've oh, yeah. witnessed it. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Like, you know, I grew up um, doing Irish dancing <laughs> and all the girls that I danced with, um, you know, you grew up what? Yeah. Dancing? Yeah, I used to be what, like... What, professional dance? Like, in a dance no, no, I was... No, as in, I, I did dancing as a hobby. Okay. Um, I, Irish dancing. But it was a whole... No, you did um, Irish dance, like river dance. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, no. um, all of all of that was hair and makeup and tan. Yeah. And, you know, to be honest with you, it was... There, it's quite, you know, it shocks quite a lot of people when you see. I don't know if you've ever seen like an Irish dancing kid, but it's very pageant oh. style. It's like yeah. incredible amounts of makeup, wigs now as well. We didn't really have wigs when I was growing up. It was more your head in rollers for out days on end, mm-hmm. trying to get the perfect ringlets. Um, but that that whole thing was, you know, I learned from a young age how to do eyeliner and how to do. I'm really good at my own makeup because of all of that. And then the so girls I grew up with. How old were you with, when you were doing this? Like from 10, the age of 10. Yeah, mm-hmm. until I was till I was about 19. And then I came out of retirement to dance in the World Championships again when I was about 24. So Shut up. The World yeah. Championships. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, really? so who are you representing? England? Uh, you, you... No, so it, the way it works is, it, it goes by regions in England because there are so many um, okay. dancers. So, you know, I was representing, and at, and at that point, I was representing the Midlands because uh, I was dancing for a school there while I was in London. Um, but yeah, but all my mates were in then when we were 16 is when Riverdance came out. So most of my mates went to join Riverdance. 
and um, and, and joined the shows. They toured the world with Flatley. They're still my best mates. But so I was sent, we get dressed up all the time, you know, even to go to a dancing competition now, I'll go and meet them there sometimes, but just to have a catch up with everyone and have drinks because most of them are teachers and dance teachers now. And we will be dressed up to the nines. You can't go without dressing up because it's just a thing we do. That's so amazing. Yeah, so we, we it's like, a, honestly, an Irish dancing competition is like a fashion show. And and because I know it's the world of dance, isn't it? It's the world well, it's of... It's like Strictly. Yeah. Exactly. That's amazing. Wow. I, I yeah. just had, I, you've really, I would not have expected the words... Irish dancing to come out. <laughs> I know. It, it, that, I know that's the funny thing. And but now I, I think I credit a lot of my success to it, really, because it, you know, it taught me how to do my own makeup and everything. And I could put lashes on before lashes were even trendy. And uh, also, you know, just that confidence of I used to travel quite a lot with dancing. And there's no class system in dancing yeah. either like I don't I didn't know who out of my friends parents had money and who didn't because yeah. it, nobody cared it was just the only difference you might notice was somebody's dress might be a bit posher but then actually quite a lot of poor families would get help paying for dresses or you could buy them second hand and you could jazz them up yourself and so all of that meant it was brilliant it was a brilliant leveler so it, yes. it's only like years later I found out that um you know, one of my friend's dads is a famous architect and we never knew that because yeah. nobody cared. It was just like, can you dance well? Yeah, great. Right. Well, you're in the club. <laughs> I, I've got to see this. Is there anything on YouTube of you doing this? There must yeah, be. Yeah, there is actually because yeah. one day on breakfast, uh, uh, you know that scene on Titanic where Kate Winslet goes down to the, um, you know, the where the servants' quarters are and she yeah. dances with Leonardo. Yeah. And she, yeah. yeah goes up on her toes and all this jazz and we had Kate Winslet on the show that day and um somebody said something on the sofa in the build-up to her coming onto the show and they said oh have you have you seen that scene I bet you couldn't do it Steph and I was like actually I bet I could and they were like what do you mean and I said right somebody find me some music and so I just and I was wearing one of my telly dresses so there I was in my little flipping bodycon pink number and then just flung my heels off and had to dance. And then it just went mad in it. And that was my first, I was only new on the show. And so, and I hadn't been on telly before. So yeah. that was when I was in all the papers the next day. And I was like, wow. That's, that's so <laughs> Someone that's told me that fantastic. as a kid. That is so fantastic. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
plushcare.com slash weight loss. So um, do you have a comfort blanket that you take? Is there any kind of item of clothing that you couldn't live without? Yeah, do you know what it is, right? This is, you know, too much information and all that. But it's a bra that I once bought, which... So, you know, obviously I wear a lot of shirts and what yeah. I hate is gaping around the boobs. Yeah. And I yeah. just, I could never find a bra that didn't gape. And it was just, so I ended up sometimes on telly, I looked at like a bit of a hunchback because I was trying to just not let my, end up flashing my bra on, or mm. boobs on telly. So I got this um, sports bra from Lululemon, bizarrely, of all places. And it literally has changed my life. Because it now, I want yeah, I've got it next to me because I thought you mask. So it's like okay. literally hideous, you know. This is never going to get me in, you know, FHM or whatever. But it's it's like <laughs> the most comfy and. I don't know if you can oh see it very God. well, but it's just because I've got one on now, and it literally it with my shirt. Yeah, it totally supports. But the best thing it does is bring them together and hold them up high. So therefore, if it, if my shirt it doesn't it means the shirt doesn't gape, and it, I can, you know. <laughs> what size are you? Uh, what is this one? I, I, this is where I never remember what I am. I'm a a double D. Okay. Yeah, that looks good, but then it doesn't. It's quite. Does it go quite high up here? But, yeah, but that's for shirts. I wouldn't wear it if I was wearing like a V neck or anything. But. Yeah. Okay. It's just yeah. So that is my yeah. Like I literally, whenever I'm doing telly, I always wear it because I know that it'll never. I'll never. Yeah, and it also it holds mics in really well because you can stick. Oh, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look that because I'm always because I like I'm always trying to make my boobs look smaller, and I wear sports bras or two bras. I do as well, but don't you find with shirts that. They put the bloody buttons in the wrong place. So you have a button yes. there and a button yeah. there and not one yeah. in between your boobs. So exactly. I put a safety pin in. Yeah. So well, that's, yeah, I've spent my life putting safety pins there as well. And it's just yeah. been dragged. Because you're right, the, you can get some gorgeous fitted shirts, but you're right, the buttons are just leave. Yeah. That's the cleavage. Yeah, bloody annoying. Yeah. yeah. Um, and do you have any style icons? Is anyone your? Did you, is there anyone who? I love people that I really love their style. People like Emma Willis. I think she always looks. Yeah, she's amazing. I agree. Yeah, I like Zoe Ball as well. I, I mean, I just love her generally. I, I always wanted to be her growing up. Yeah. Uh, so, so people like that. I think it's that kind of. Just like you said, it's women who are not afraid to look however they want and yeah. sometimes that might be really girly and sometimes it might be quite androgynous and yeah. I like that I like that with being anything yeah. you know you can you don't always have to be one thing yeah and that that's I think quite inspiring because sometimes I am really girly and I wear like a dress and heels and all that and then other times I'm more tomboy and mm. I think that's nice to just have to mix it up, really. Which one do you prefer, the girly girl or the tomboy? If you had to choose, if I had to be one for the majority of time, it would be the tomboy one, yeah. just because it's more comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I do feel brilliant 
when I wear, like I probably feel my best when I'm wearing a dress and heels and I've got a tan done and, you know, my hair is looking good. And that's probably when I feel my best. I think tomboy style is a bit more lazy and therefore I don't necessarily feel as good. And have you always had short hair? No. Because that's a so, bit of a state. That's a bit of a kind of thing with you as well. Your hair. Yeah, yeah. So no, I haven't. Uh, I had quite short hair when I was a. Uh, I had long hair while I was dancing because it used to get put in rollers all the time. <laughs> yeah, and it was, so it was really long, constantly getting curled. Mm. Uh, and then when they brought wigs out towards the end, then I said, "Oh, brilliant! I can cut my hair." And so I, I did have short hair then, but then I grew it, and I had. I suppose I had kind of bobbed hair for most of my life. And then at every morning on breakfast, I was going into work about half four, sitting in a chair for half an hour, getting my hair done and then makeup. And it did my head in. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God, I'm so, which sounds really ungrateful. And obviously, it's really lovely. Somebody else doing your hair and makeup. Mm-hmm. But I just thought I'd rather have that extra half hour in bed. And yeah, at the cool. same time, Sally, who does the sport on the show, who is, she's, I love her style. She's so stylish. She's just always bang on with what people should wear to suit them. And she kept sending me pictures of people with short hair and kept saying, oh, you'd really suit this look. Like, I've forgotten her name, the woman at House of Cards who's got short yes. hair. Oh, like, yeah, Robin Wright. Yes, that's yes. it. Yes, yeah. So she kept sending me these pictures all the time going I think you'd really suit short hair you know I think you really and so in the end she convinced me to to go short and and it was funny because I didn't tell anyone obviously I'm not going to announce it on telly I'm getting my hair cut everyone um (laughs) uh, it was the week my boss was on holiday and uh so I went to the hairdressers got it all cut off and then I oh god I loved it straight away I was like wow and it's just so easy and so it shaved off half an hour of my morning um and then the first time I went on air with it and my boss was on holiday he he said his phone went absolutely wild with everyone going oh my god Steph's cut hair it looks really good and so that was a real boost as well I mean there were some blokes mainly going oh you've made yourself look like a man in a man's world blah 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 yeah, yeah. but on the whole, it was really positive. And yeah. what's funny now is getting people who come up to me in the street who've got the same hair going, oh, I got my hair done like you. And some hairdresser friends who said, you know, there was a picture brought in with my hair, which absolutely cracks me up. But, um, Brilliant. But you're yeah. so lucky. You've got very strong features um, and good bone structure. And I would love to have short hair, but I've got very small kind of pinhead. Um, no, you're gorgeous. What you were no, about? But I would love to have short hair, and I just look like a fucking Shetland pony when I. <laughs> to be fair, like if I put my fringe down, I am looking like a Shetland pony at the minute because of the lockdown. Oh my god! Tell me, tell me about it. But Steph, do you have um? So do you travel? Were you travelling quite a lot? Because you met Trump. Yeah. What happened with him? Um. Well, do you know that's one of those things where. I never realised how significant that would a story that would be of meeting him. Um, when was so it? It was before he was president, so 2012, um, and he was in the UK and had agreed to do one broadcast interview, and uh, and I managed to get it, and because I, I, you know, I was main, mainly doing business at the time, mm-hmm. and he wanted to talk about business and talk about um, his 
golf club up in Scotland and the problems of the wind farms. And as ever, when you when you're going to interview someone uh, like at that level, you normally agree that you'll ask a couple of questions about whatever it is they want to talk about, and then you'll move on to whatever else. And so, um, so that was all agreed. And I, I, I kind of, I'm not, I don't really get intimidated uh, necessarily by people like that. I, I think I've always been had the view of, you know, we're all, no one's better than anyone else, and mm-hmm. blah blah blah. And so that served me quite well. And and I mainly had that because of the background I grew up in of, you know, working class and pretty tough, not personally for me, but, you know, I grew up with lots of people where we were at a tough school and blah, blah, blah. And I, I had it really put into my head by our teachers. No one's better than you. Don't think the kids at the private schools are better than you, blah, blah, blah. So coming to interview Trump, I was just like, oh, cool. This is going to be good, you know, getting to interview someone like him. And, and I when and he had this massive entourage with him of people you know he had a stylist that makes me laugh to this day um <laughs> i know someone's paid to do that yeah. and uh so anyway so he kind of i got all the usual um stuff from that his advisor saying his pa whatever saying don't ask him about this don't ask him about his ex-wife don't ask him about his hair and then instantly you're thinking in your head my last question is going to be what did your ex-wife think about your hair and uh, uh you know you you kind of you have all this with all the people like that yeah. politicians in particular where everything's kind of laid out beforehand and it's built into this massive deal normally by the people around them rather than the actual person she's like celebrities isn't it and uh, so he came into the room and he just did this really ridiculous thing of of like stopping dead looking at me and and just going wow you're so beautiful and then he just did this whole big like parade of going, you're so beautiful that I'm going to have to leave the room to make myself look better because if we do this interview now, everyone's just going to be staring at you and, and not looking and listening to me. Oh, and I And I just, I literally howled because I just thought that is so funny that that's what you, because I don't believe you. I just think you're trying to butter me up so that I'll yeah, yeah. give you an easy run on an interview or just disarm me in some way. But it just literally made me burst out laughing. And I was just like, oh, love, I've heard better lines than that down Club Bongo. Um, what because that's what I said. You know? <laughs> because again, it came back to what? Don't mug me off here. I know you don't think I'm beautiful. I know who your wife is. I know whatever. And because um, he did leave the room as well and come back. And I think as well, for before I was ever on telly, I was a producer for a long time. And so I used to see all this type of behaviour with other leaders and celebrities. And it's all a game. It's all just to try and make us, knock us off our guard so we don't come straight in with a really hard interview. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's... And that's what I think he does with women, seeing seeing it play out now. Manipulation, isn't it? Yeah, because there was... My producer at the time, a lovely lad um, called Sean, he worked out that, um, Trump worked out that Sean would be the one deciding which bits were going to go in the piece. So he went over to Sean and kind of gave him this fairly harsh slap on the back and said, I can't do the accent, sorry, but basically said, you know, Sean, you've got a good career ahead of you. You know, you want to keep it that way. So he basically threatened Sean and I was like, 
God, that's the measure of you, isn't it? You just think the way to do this is to chat up women and threaten blokes. And, you know, that's what we're seeing every day with him and Howard. But it's kind of like to make you are beautiful, by the way. So I'm not, I'm not negating that. No, but but I know, I know exactly what you're saying. But couldn't he be a little bit more eloquent about it? I mean, what? I'm sorry, but that is so. Like you say, you've heard better chat up lines in Club Bongo, and it. If you if you're going to do that, and you're someone a businessman of supposedly his caliber, surely you'd be a bit more subtle. Yeah. Well, funnily enough, then years later, I was talking to the woman who he made chief engineer of Trump Tower, and she was saying to me, he's just got a really immature sense of, like, men and women. Like, he does think that the way you impress men is to be really blokey to the extreme of, oh, sleeping with women and threatening men. And and then to women, it's just all about looks as if we don't care about anything else. And I think that's where he's gone. Well, there's loads of ways he's gone wrong, aren't there? But that, as women, we, if he'd have said to me, do you know what, I think you're a brilliant journalist or I think, you know, that piece you did, even if he was lying, if his advisor had said, you did a piece about mobile phone insurance last week, just Mm. say something on that. And I probably would have still seen through it, but I would have respected oh right you're making an effort to yeah they commend me on something that I value more and of, yeah. you know of course I care what I look like of course I do but in that it's moment it's a cheap shot it's a cheap shot isn't yeah. it yeah yeah but it but you know what hey I've dined out on that story so okay. I'm really glad it happened now thanks Donald <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my, oh my god how lucky am I I watched yeah. that film Bombshell the other night have you seen it I haven't no is that the one with um Charlie. Nicole Kidman, yeah. Yeah. Gone. Oh, yeah. yes, yes. And I, I, I'm just laughing all the way through that, thinking, God, isn't it funny? Like, Because it's all, obviously all about these news anchors and how they stand up to their boss at Fox News is basically an old perv. And, yeah. you know, I just, I just think well, it, it's so nice now to see us women, like, empowered and not taking the shit anymore like we have done for years. Yeah. But, yeah. And I did think about though, although guiltily I was like, oh my God, Charlie Theron is so beautiful in this. I would yeah. love to look like her. I know. And then I thought, mm, man, yeah, contradicting yeah. myself. Um, and Steph, what's your worst wardrobe malfunction? Oh man, I've, I have had quite a few, you know. So what's the worst? My, I, I'm going to tell you two because they're both okay. horrendous. So one is on stage at a conference. New tights. I'd been encouraged at the. I bought the tights at the airport because I'd, I'd must have been. I must have flown from Newcastle to London or something, and um, bought Wolford tights. So obviously posh tights, uh, and I was like, right, I'm going to treat myself. The woman had talked me into buying a medium and not a large. She was like, honestly, you're a medium, and I was like, normally I wear a large. And she was like, no, 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 medium, medium. So I bought them. They were lovely, sheer tights. I'm on stage and I could feel them just rolling down and down and down. And I couldn't, I couldn't pull them up. I mean, you know, it was about a thousand people in front of me. And so I, I couldn't work out what to do. So I was just sitting there trying to not let them roll anymore. And then I had to stand up because, <laughs> I, you know, it come to the point where I had to thank the guests. And, no. and they just rolled to my knees. You like are- literally... It was the most 
breaking surgery. I was, and I crossed my legs, hoping that no one would see. So I stood up with my legs crossed. But of course, that then was allowing them to roll even more. So I was like, <laughs> it was so embarrassing. And I was like, what am I? So I had to stand and I stood there until pre pretty much everyone had left the room because I could. And I was saying, thanks, everyone. See you back after the break. Thinking, just get out of the room. Just get out, everyone. And then people were coming forward to the stage to have a chat with me or have a selfie. And I was like, I'm really. And in the end, I just went, listen, everybody, my tights are falling down. I'm just going to get around the back and pull them up. So. Oh, my God. That is like, you can't have anything worse than that. That's classic. What, yeah. What's the other one? Yeah, I know, I know. And I was raging with that woman who convinced me to buy a medium because I, all I kept thinking was if I'd have fit and worn large, I wouldn't be having this. Fine. Yeah. So, so the other one is just before I was about to go on air in, in the breakfast studio, um, the sound man was just trying to uh, fix the microphone on. And I had one of my dresses on, and he, and this was about 20 seconds before we're about to go live. I was like, come on, just get the zip up now. We haven't got time for this. And he pulled the zip and he ripped the entire dress. So the whole zip came off its um, yeah, yeah. seams. Yeah. And it just, and my whole dress just went ping. And then it was about 10 seconds. So I was just like, throw me some gaffer tape. And literally, and I had to stand like in a way so you couldn't see. And he literally just quickly gaffer taped the back of my dress. And I did the whole bulletin without. With, with basically gaffer tape holding me together but oh things like that happen all the time yeah. on but that's I mean I love both those because that, that that those malfunctions because it is that is when clothes seriously let you down and and that epitomizes to me a wardrobe malfunction it's not so much about wearing the wrong thing or the wrong color or something doesn't suit you it's about when your clothes really really you know yeah that's two perfect examples. The um, also this is coming back to your point about bras and the buttons are in the wrong place. Mm. Zips on dresses are always really shit. So yeah. you might have a really nice, gorgeous dress, but the zip is tiny, and it's really hard to like. I yeah. just do my head in zips. Yeah, exactly, and especially if you've got a seam around the waist or under the bust yeah. line, and you yeah. can't get it over the, yeah. over the seam, and then you pull, and then it splits. Yeah. Oh, so annoying. Yeah, so, but so I can't imagine that would happen to your birthday suit. So is there something, an outfit that you, is your absolute favourite that you feel a million squillion dollars in? Yeah. Um, do you know, I, yeah, I think if, it, if it's like, the thing that I feel amazing in going out is is like a jumpsuit. So I've got this yeah, gorgeous. great in that. Yeah, and when I was pregnant, um, Alex Jones, who I do the Shop Well for Less program with, yes. said to me... Love that show, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you. And she so said, good. take this jumpsuit. It was just a Zara jumpsuit. And she said, honestly, it's so comfy, particularly when you're pregnant, and it makes you look good. Oh, it was the best thing ever, because I still had to go to awards dues and whatever else. And it just made me feel brilliant. And the pictures... I'm most proud of that I've ever had of like, you know, those daft photos you have when you go into an award yeah. is the ones where I'm in this jumpsuit and it literally was borrowed off Alex and I've still got it because it's, it's just fab and it's nothing, it's a plain navy jumpsuit, mm. but it's beautifully fitted. It made my bump look really cute rather than made me look massive. And yeah, so that is my definite 
I feel amazing in it um, because it just, yeah. I, and I used to wear it so much because I just felt fucking brilliant in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even though when you're pregnant, you're like, <laughs> and you just feel horrendous <laughs> and you're sweating and you're, yeah. Oh, Steph McGovern. Listen, you've been, so I'm going to let you go now, but I, I have to say, that was so weird because I felt like we weren't doing an interview. It was just like, no, we I know. Chat. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh. I thought it was funny, like when you asked me my bra size, and then afterwards I thought, no, oh, I never thought I'd be saying my bra size to someone. Yeah. That, I <laughs> but that's because it was so nice chatting to you, just oh. like this. You're just amazing. And thank you so, so much. And, and oh, no, thank you. Hopefully, God willing, we'll meet after this. Yes. Is all yeah. Oh, yeah, and thank you for everything you've done over the years. That Honestly, I totally grew up loving you. I send you masses of love. And, uh, yeah, likewise. Take care. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.